Welcome to the Memora Healthcare Delivery Podcast. Through conversations with industry leaders and innovators, we uncover ways to simplify how patients and care teams navigate complex care delivery. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Jamie Colbert, Senior Vice President of Care Delivery for Memora Health and host of the Care Delivery Podcast. I'm joined today by Joanna Strober, the founder of MIDI Health, a startup that is building a virtual healthcare platform specifically for women in midlife. Joanna, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners and sharing a brief overview of your background? Yeah, I am Joanna Strober, the founder of MIDI Health. My background is I probably have five careers before I got here. I worked is in venture capital for a long time. One of the early investors in, in actually digital companies that were serving women and children. For example, I have funded Baby Center in 1998 when I was pregnant with my first child and invested in a company called Babe at T-Toys at the same time and Blue Nile. Early investors in companies that were serving a population of consumers. And then I did a few other careers in between then. And then I started another company that was targeting childhood obesity called Kerbo, sold that to Weight Watchers and then started this company a few years ago. Awesome. So you have a background in venture capital and working with startups. Tell us what prompted you to make that transition from helping startups and working with startups to actually starting your own company. It's actually really fun to start your own company. <laughs> you actually get to build what you want to see and and create what a product that you think needs to be out there in the world when you're investing, you have to look for other people who are trying to build a product that you want to see in the world. And so for me, what I've found is I thrive on creating what I want to see rather than trying to find other people who are creating it. Great. So tell us about MIDI Health. What is the vision for this company? Basically, what I have learned through my own health journey and those of my friends and mother and sisters and just the people in my life is that there is a really big period of time in women's life, really starting around 35, maybe 40, after you've had your first or second or third child, when women don't get the right medical care. And part of it is that they're not paying attention to their own health because they're very focused on the health of either their parents or their children, and they are busy. And then, but the other thing that happens is that actually they start having symptoms that are really confusing to them. So you'll talk to women who stop sleeping or are all of a sudden having depression and anxiety and they don't know why it's coming from and they just don't feel right. Maybe they're having joint pain or tingling in parts of their body that don't, this never happened before. There are a lot of symptoms of essentially what it is estrogen and it's estrogen changing and depleting. And I, it's an estrogen roller coaster and it starts around 35 and basically that decline in estrogen creates a lot of these issues in, in women's bodies. They don't know that it can get treated and they don't know where to look to get treated. So when you think about what happens if you go to an annual physical, and actually many women don't even go to an annual physical, but if you go to an annual physical, you're sitting in a robe on a doctor's thing and they're going to take your heart rate and they're going to maybe give you a pap smear, but you don't actually have the time to say, you know, it's funny, I, my my sex life with my husband is really not going very well and it's painful and I don't know what that is. You just don't have that conversation with the doctors. And so 
what we really want to do is be that conversation place. We're the place that you can come to talk to an expert on all of the things that are happening to women's bodies during this time of life and understanding the interaction between hormones, which are driving a lot of this, and other parts of your body. So really what we're doing is we've created this expert care clinic and we created something called MIDI University, which is our training program. We have a very extensive training program for all the providers who come work for us, where we train them on all these interactions between women's brain and their bone and their breasts and show them that there's a holistic way of taking care of women. And we train them on that. And then we put them on our platform and we are now in 50 states and it's all covered by insurance. So you don't have to pay for it like a cash pay company. Instead, everything is covered by insurance. Got it. So if you're a woman who is in the target age range and is having symptoms, how would you access care from one of the MIDI providers? So easy. You go to our website, joinmidi.com. If we're taking your insurance in your state and you book a visit, it's that easy. Um, Excellent. So it is very easy to get care from us. There's no membership fee. There's no commitment. We just want you to come see us and we'll take care of you. Got it. So there's no referral needed, right? So I know for a lot right. of specialty care, you need to go to your primary care doctor and then get a referral to have a visit with a specialist. But in this case, you can self-refer, right? So you can just go to the website, sign up. If your insurance is covered, then I assume there may be just a copay or something like that. Yeah, there's a code pay deductible just like going to a regular physician. Lots of physicians do refer their patients to us. We have a lot of primary care referring their patients to us. We also have oncologists referring their patients. Orthopedic surgeons refer their patients because women have osteopenia or osteoporosis and they need someone to help with that. But you can self-refer. You don't need a referral. Got it. And for women who are in the midlife ages that are your target demographic, now, how do you define for them which are the conditions or which are the symptoms that would be appropriate for them to seek care with MIDI versus them perhaps going to their primary care doctor or someone else? You'd be surprised how many symptoms are actually related to estrogen depletion and to perimenopause. You might not know that if you're experiencing joint pain, it could be related, for example, or ear tingling, so many things that are related. I think if you are in this age category and you're experiencing things that don't feel right to you, we can often be the, the solution. And then if we don't have the solution, we immediately refer you to a primary care person or to a specialist. So we are really cognizant of what we treat and then where we refer back to other providers if it's not our area of expertise. Got it. And what kinds of treatment can the MIDI providers support? So all of our, every symptom is divided with four different types of solutions. We have a hormone solution if you are available for hormones and if you're interested in hormones. So that would be a combination of estrogen, progesterone, if you have a uterus and testosterone when appropriate. We also have non-hormonal prescription medications. We've actually prescribed over 400 medications. So we might prescribe SSRIs. We might prescribe, we might prescribe whatever is appropriate for you, depending on what you need and is appropriate. Then we have supplements and we have a naturopath who works with us on staff who has basically supplements that are appropriate. So if you don't want to take prescription medications and you're interested in black cohosh, for hot flashes or magnesium for sleep, or actually turns out that lavender has a really good profile for anxiety. So we might suggest those things to you if that's interesting. And then we also have lifestyle. 
So for every symptom, we have hormones, non-hormone prescriptions, supplements, and lifestyle. And then it's up to you. Our goal is to give the patient the most control and they can, for whatever treatment they want to try first. And then I've become a huge, huge advocate of iteration. So we might try a non-hormone first, and then you might go to a hormone or it might go the opposite way. Or maybe you want to start with a supplement first and see if that works, if that's great, or you want to go up to hormones. So it's really, it's about giving you all of the options and the education and then letting you choose what's appropriate. Got it. And is the idea that the woman would continue to check in with the MIDI provider over a period of time, say over a course of months or even a year or more, or is it more episodic where you're having a consultation just with regards to particular symptoms and it may only be one or two visits? A good percentage of our patients have a primary care or an OBGYN that they are using and those absolutely, they go back to their own provider. 40% of the women coming to us don't have that. We have found that a lot of women don't have a primary care or OBGYN that they work with. And for those women, we become that for them. We don't do urgent care, but we can provide a lot of other support for them. So it really depends on how much support they already have. Got it. So I, I know there's a lot of talk over the past few years about the idea of virtual primary care. So it sounds like for some women, at least, you could provide those virtual primary care services if that's what they're looking for. Yes, to the extent that we don't do urgent care, for example, right? So we wouldn't be appropriate for if you need Paxlovid or all those things. We are not we are not the partner for that. But we are able to do a lot of other a lot of other care when appropriate. And then what we do is just refer you. Part of primary care is honestly making sure that women get their mammograms and their colonoscopies. If they're bleeding, make sure they can get a vaginal ultrasound or whether they can get a hysteroscopy if appropriate. So we refer we partner with healthcare systems around the country and we make sure that you can get in to an in-person provider specialist wherever is needed. Got it. I do know that idea of fragmentation in healthcare is a concern for many. How do you help to make sure that there is that continuity of care and that the patients who are coming to you, their primary care doctors or other providers, let's say specialists in their care networks, are also able to get the reports or the results of whatever consultations they're having with your providers. Yeah, so I'm really proud of that, actually. So we we participate in all the health information exchanges so we can share data. So I was at the farmer's market this weekend and some woman came up to me. She goes, I was so happy. I went to Midi to talk about Um, my hormones and they knew that I had COVID because we were sharing data from my other doctor. And so they were coordinating the medicine from from my COVID medications and the MIDI medications. I was so grateful that you integrated with my primary care physician. So it's exactly what you just said. It's actually super important that we do that integration and we're working as fast as we can to integrate with other providers around the country. Oh, that's great. Um, Tell me about how you built your network of clinicians. You said that you now can serve patients in all 50 states. So how have you uh, built up the network of providers such that you're able to meet the demand from patients in all of these different states? So one of our top priorities is being a destination, being a place that women, it's, it is mostly women, nurse practitioners want to work. We care deeply about creating a great work environment for them, the way that and also a thriving environment where they're learning. So we start with the education, right? We start with a really rich educational process that they appreciate where they learn 
different skills, and then they can also prioritize certain skills. So if they're more interested in doing weight loss visits or if they're more interested in doing migraines, we can focus on those areas to make sure that we're providing a really rich work environment for them. And then a lot of people are looking for flexible work schedules and we're able to offer that. So we are definitely becoming a destination for moms who want to have some more control over their schedule. So we hire people and then we train them and then we help them to get licenses in multiple states so that they are able to then practice across the country. And we're making a big investment in them. And then we're and then we're working to get them licensed in multiple states so that we can keep them busy. And we care a lot about really making it a great place for people to work and to, to have a work environment that is supportive of them, both of their own personal life and also supportive of them thriving at work. Oh, that's really great to hear. I just feel like you hear so much nowadays about burnout in the clinical workforce and how you know, 25% of providers are actively looking to leave clinical practice. The fact that you're able to help provide additional flexibility, that you know they're able to, I assume in most of these cases, do even these consultations from their own home, yes. right? That certainly sounds like it could be quite appealing to many of those providers that you're working with. I think, honestly, we are the beneficiary of the burnout. <laughs> In many ways, we are benefiting from the fact that we can offer a far more flexible work environment and that they can work from their home, as you said. And and then also, honestly, I'm finding that a lot of people are burnt out also from telehealth companies that just require them to push buttons all day. <laughs> they want to actually have a relationship with their patients. So there are a number of people who work in these telehealth companies that all they do is sign off on forms and then just say yes or no. And I think that's also a place they get burnt out. So we are offering longitudinal care. And I think our NPs and our patients both benefit from the long-term relationship that the providers are having with their patients. Focusing more on the patient experience, it sounds like that's also something that's quite important to you is ensuring that your patients are having a very positive experience and that they want to come back. Tell me, so what are some of the ways that you have tried to optimize that experience such that patients are really excited about the interactions they're having with the MIDI staff and that they want to keep coming back uh, for additional follow-ups? We built this for our friends and family. And honestly, we did. Like we, Our first thousand patients were people who live in Palo Alto who I was going to see at the farmer's market or on my local walk. And that's how we built the company. And it, it sounds funny, but you know what? If you're going to see all your patients when you're going on a walk, you really better do a good job for them <laughs> because they tell you and they tell you if they like it and they tell you if they don't like it. We learned a lot from our first few hundred patients, what we were doing right and what we weren't doing right. We learned what they were. And we basically, and when we started with them after every visit, we went back to them and we interviewed them and we asked what they liked, what they didn't like, what they needed to see more of. So we really started this from a very consumer centric mode of what were women looking for in their healthcare. And that's what we were trying to provide. For example, our initial onboarding process asked us to ask patients to rank their symptoms. And we found that actually they didn't want to rank their symptoms. And then we tried another one that said, let's start with one symptom. And we found that people were really frustrated by that too, because they all had more than one symptom. So they didn't want to tell us one symptom. So then we had this very long onboarding process that they were, we were asking them to fill out before they booked. They didn't want to do that either. So we got a lot of feedback along the way on 
what made people feel heard by our providers and what made them feel like it was a good experience for them and why they wanted to come back. And so we basically created this entire process around that. So one example was people were leaving and they hadn't had another visit set up when they left. So they didn't know exactly how long it should be before the medication should work or when they should come back. So then we changed it. So our providers book the follow-up at the visit and they say, okay, four weeks from now, we want to know how your medication is to see if we can tweak it. We're going to set that up at the visit. That was a huge patient satisfier because they felt like we were taking care of them and we felt like they felt like we were following up with them. So everything we did was basically around getting this constant feedback from these really initial patients to make sure that we were doing things that made them feel good. And then honestly, we made some mistakes. Initially, we didn't have enough people who were emailing people back faster. I think in the traditional healthcare system, in the traditional healthcare system, if something's not an emergency, the doctors probably don't feel like it's really important to get back to you. (laughs) And it might take a long time to get back. That really frustrated our women. Like it just did, it really frustrated them. They really needed to know that we were gonna get back to them within 24 hours. So now when they text us, we immediately get something. We send it back. We we will get back to you in 24 hours. And we do, we get back in 24 hours. And expectation setting and following through on the things that we do is really important. And then I might add, as we scale, it's hard, right? Making sure we have the right number of people to answer the phones. We don't always have that. So that creates frustration. So there's a lot of learning for us to make sure that we're keeping up and we're able to scale this really high quality care. And so that's a lot of where my resources are going right now is making sure that we can we can scale this really high quality care. Excellent. And so as you think about scaling, you know, are there certain top line metrics that you're looking at to see, are we kind of meeting the success criteria that we've set out? And what might be some of the most important things that you're looking at on whether it's a weekly or monthly or quarterly basis? Obviously, every day we're looking at how many people are coming, how many visits they're having, how many they're coming back. Are they, we send CSAT rates, visits after every visit, making sure that people got the right level of care. We take those really seriously. And when we don't get the right set of feedback, we immediately follow up with the provider. We found there's a lot of training that has to happen in how you talk to patients. It's not just training on the care. It's also on how you have these conversations. So we're tracking all of that. We track a lot of, so there's a lot of satisfaction metrics. We are on every follow-up visit, we ask you to fill out a form to show whether your symptoms are getting better. So we're able to really iterate on that and make sure that people are getting the right care. One challenge actually, which you might appreciate is if you opt to get supplements instead of opting to get prescription medication, you're not going to feel better as fast, right? Mm-hmm. It might work, but it won't probably work as quickly. So we right. need to do expectation setting yeah. because we found that people were frustrated that they're, they were not feeling better quickly. And so that was like something we had to build in that if you choose hormones, you will probably feel better in a week. If you choose black cohosh and magnesium, it takes a lot longer for that to work. Please understand that. So a lot of it is communication, expectation setting, and making sure that that we're communicating in a way that makes people feel good and makes them feel heard and makes them feel like we're addressing their issues. That's great. And it's great to hear just the success that you're seeing, the satisfaction of your patients, the growth that you're experiencing. As you look ahead, how would you describe your vision of ultimate success for this company? What does it look like when you have achieved what you're hoping to achieve at MIDI? 
I keep joking with my investors that we're going to do a million women, <laughs> but maybe that's not big enough. I don't know. Like that's a really good goal, but w- there's a lot of women in my age category who need care. I think, I think we have the opportunity to, if we do this right, to, to change how people think about care, that there's a huge percentage of care that can be delivered like you and me talking, right? And all that care should be delivered virtually by experts in a certain category. And we can be the women's health experts. And then we refer you when appropriate to all the places that can do the, the, all the in-person care that is appropriate. And so I think of ourselves as building this layer of expertise, this kind of national layer of expertise of women's health, and then partnering with the right people to do all of the in-person care. And And I feel like that's an exciting company to build. And we want to be the first healthcare brand for women in this age category. And really prior to COVID, you couldn't build a national healthcare brand, but now you can, you can build a national healthcare brand. And we want to be the trusted brand for women in this age category for this type of care. And then that's a, it's a big goal, but I'm, we're all very motivated by that. Well, and it sounds like the opportunity is there. I, I've been hearing a lot about how this is a overlooked segment of the healthcare population. I don't know if there's anything else you can share maybe from your market research as to why you think this segment is perhaps a bit overlooked or hasn't been as much of a focus for other healthcare technology companies or healthcare service companies over the years. So there's really, there's a few reasons for it, right? Historically, this type of value, this type of care has been undervalued. So it's not well paid, honestly. And so OBGYNs are the only people who had any training in it. And they are compensated for delivering babies. Most of their compensation in any hospital system comes from delivering babies. If you would talk to primary care physicians, they probably have two hours of care on this education. That's it. And that was maybe 20 years ago when they went to medical school. So most women tell us when they bring up these doctor, these things to the doctors, the doctor goes, oh yeah, that's normal. <laughs> that's what they say. That's normal. That's what women experience. And they just don't have any training on these issues. There was also, and we could have a whole nother conversation about it, this women's health initiative study that basically told doctors since 2001 not to prescribe hormones. And that study was misinterpreted and just plain wrong. And I think Dr. Peter Atia said it right when he said this is the biggest basically malpractice in medicine over the last 25 years, because it means that we have 25 years of doctors that have not been trained in the key ways to take care of women in this age category. And so we have been, we women have been really not served by this. We have been told that the most important thing that you can do for your bones, for your brain, for your heart, is something that doctors don't prescribe. And that's really quite scary and sad. And we feel excited to have the opportunity to rectify that. Well, I am just really excited to hear the passion in your voice as you talk about the work that you are doing. And certainly I wish we had more time with you, Joanna, but really just want to thank you for spending your time with us today for the insights you shared with me and our listeners. And until next time, thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to the Memora Health Care Delivery Podcast. For more ideas on simplifying complex care for care teams and patients, visit memorahealth.com.